For broadcasting or advertising opportunities, call 1-888-303-3884 or visit wildfireradio.com and click on Contacts. You are listening to The Straight Shooters exclusively on Wildfire Radio. Subscribe to The Straight Shooters podcast on iTunes by visiting the iTunes store and download every episode on wildfireradio.com. Now, here's Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling. Oh, Shooters Radio Universe! My name, of course... Is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, nitpicky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a uh, parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my man, man, pots and pans, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he doing? Oh my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. For all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What is going on, everyone out there in internet land? My name is Vaughn Johnson. And I'm joined by my main man, Pots and Pants, Epicona Philly, Voice of Philly Influencer. And you are listening and watching episode 179, The Remix yeah. <laughs> of the Shooters on a multitude of platforms. But before I get into all of those platforms that you, where you can find us, typically you can find us on a weekly basis. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my good brother? Uh, I'm doing good. Crossing my fingers. We, we have no uh, technical difficulties this time around. Wow. And uh, it was kind of out of our hands uh, yesterday. You know, the weather, it wasn't anything to do with the weather. But we're supposed to get some snow this weekend, huh? All right. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. But uh, you're probably wondering, why are we doing this on a Thursday? Well, because we tried to do this yesterday. You <laughs> might have seen it if you tuned in yesterday on YouTube, which one of the platforms you can find us, live at least, uh, multiple platforms you can find us on a download. But uh, we tried to record this live yesterday. And an unforeseen blackout happened in my house and on the entire block and the entire neighborhood affected uh, you know, when I called the when we called the electric company affected over a thousand homes. How about that? But mm. uh, it wasn't like some long drawn out thing. It eventually came back. And uh, as you see now, power, Wi-Fi, we're good to go. But, yeah, it was, it was a struggle because not only did the lights, all the lights go out and I'm sitting in the dark, which no one could see unless you were watching the YouTube yeah. uh, part of our show, but then the Wi-Fi started messing up, the internet started messing up, and my connection just went completely dead, and it just ruined the show. So we decided to give another try tonight. Fresh start, fresh eyes, back at it, and uh, here, here we are, episode one seventy nine. We made it. The sequel. Yeah, true. You know, but those platforms that I mentioned. Uh, where you can find us typically on a weekly basis on the download, at least. Like I said, you can watch us live on YouTube, see our beautiful faces. But if you want to listen to us, listen to us on the go, if you don't really feel like sitting down and watching us for a whole hour and some change, you can. What's find wrong us. with you? 
No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a good question. What the hell is wrong with you? But you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and of course the mothership wildfireradio.com where you can find all 178 prior episodes of the straight shooters our live commentaries our just you know all that stuff all that what else we do on the show but in the past i can't can't remember all of a sudden interviews that we've had in the past we do like retrospectives we kind of dedicate a whole episode to we did the career arc of roman reigns up up to this point i think it was uh back in the summer or a little before that it was before he was uh yes ill so we did that we uh did the bobby the brain the brain heenan episode when he passed away last week we we had a half hour dedicated to gene oakland uh our memories of him so we have like retrospective episodes which if you go to wildfireradio.com our page there it's wildfireradio.com slash the dash straight dash shooters and uh you'll see there's links to all of uh you know, our live commentaries and uh, retrospective episodes because, you know, we've been doing this for over three years now and we, we kind of started our live commentaries pretty early. You know, our first one, I think, was the 92 Rumble and that was our, like, 23rd episode or something like that. So, it's... Uh, yeah, we got right into that. Yeah. So, we we did it. We did the live commentaries before live commentaries were cool. So, uh, yeah, check that out at com. And of course, we're also on Patreon. We can find our live commentaries now. You can find all of our live commentaries that we had before. You can find them all now on Patreon, at least the ones that we do from here on out, at least. Mm-hmm. On Patreon, we're going to have some content up on Patreon. You can you can listen to, you can watch, I mean, listen to, not watch. You can only watch us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to some extra content that we do, specifically our live commentary specials. Go to patreon.com slash shooters radio for the nominal fee of $1.99. You can access our live That's commentaries. That's, That's it. All it takes. It's cheaper than what you can get. Like me, I don't even think you can get two McDoubles with two for one ninety nine. Not with tax and all that shit, right? Especially Philly tax. I mean, come on now. Oh no! Eight oh, percent. No. That's that's hectic. Oh, no. Right. But uh, if you want to hear a lot of commentary specials, it's only one ninety nine. There and, you go. Hey, right after this episode, we're gonna record something. It's a it's a special one. Uh, something that people might. It's, it's almost out of the box that, you know, the out of the box thinking that we've been doing with the Royal Rumbles uh, re- the last few years. So, uh, you know, well, we're going to just post we'll that on Patreon. We'll tell you what it is. It is our oh, live commentary. Yeah, because we've got to tell them so we can potentially buy it. <laughs> oh, true. true. This is true. We're going to live commentate The Rock versus CM Punk at Royal Rumble 2013. So if you want to hear our live commentary of that match, Visit patreon.com slash shooters radio and it's only one ninety nine. You can hear our live commentary of that match, which was a fun match. It was a pretty big match for the for that time. Yeah. Of course it was the prelude to the Once in a Lifetime part two, the sequel, whatever between Cena and the Rock. But it started Royal Rumble twenty thirteen, Rock versus uh, CM Punk. And, and we're gonna live commentate it. Patreon exclusive. Yes. Yes. Interestingly enough, that match took place in Phoenix, Arizona, where the Royal Rumble this year will take place in Phoenix, Arizona. It was the Royal Rumble before the WrestleMania that was at MetLife, the first WrestleMania that was at MetLife, and we got WrestleMania coming up at MetLife this year. So kind of like a, a oh, neat, interesting. yeah, yeah, very a neat tidbit there that uh, you know I found out when I was looking up the venue because I knew obviously it wasn't a Chase Field the, the Royal Rumble in Phoenix 
But uh, yeah, it'll be it at like the, it will uh, be this year. The so. arena. It was at the arena where the Suns play, right? The Suns yeah. and the. Uh, yeah, I don't even forget the name, but uh, the Arizona. It's like Talking Stick, Talking Stick Resort Arena, something like that. I think the Suns. I know the Suns play there. I think the Arizona Rattlers still play there. The the uh, the indoor football team. You know what a name! What a name! Oh, yeah, Arizona Rattlers, man, a pretty good team. But uh, again, <laughs> if you want to listen to us live commentate 2013 World Rumble? Check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Shooters Radio. So, what are we talking about this week on the Straight Shooters on our? I guess our flagship program, right? Our, our yeah, main right. show, uh, episode 179, that one is in the canon of the other episodes, so to speak. Uh, we're talking about All Elite Wrestling, something we attempted to talk about yesterday because it's only a day after the whole rally they had down in Jacksonville. But, of course, we talked as we alluded to earlier, the whole blackout situation, and the, we did the job to the blackout here. We did. I'm a straight shooters. Uh, buried our whole show. So, But still, it's still a relevant topic <laughs> two days later, even on the straight shooters and everything that happened with that rally down in Jacksonville, like I said, two days ago, uh, in case you missed it, in case you hadn't really heard all elite wrestling essentially had this big coming out party from a, an official announcement standpoint, Tuesday at TIAA bank stadium was a field. I think it's TIAA bank stadium. I'm not sure. I think it's field. It's stadium. Uh, TIA, no, it's field. You're right. TIAA bank field. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, why is that significant? Well, because we, like we talked about last week, the Khan family is heavily invested in this endeavor. Uh, in, f- in fact, they approached Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks in the Elite to start this. It wasn't like the, you know they had this idea to start their own promotion and they needed an investor. No, the investor came to them, which is, of course, this is an, and you get that type of investor. <laughs> that's a, an opportunity you can't possibly turn down. Right, And so they're going... I hate to use the pun again, all in with this whole endeavor. Uh, Shot Khan was there, the owner of the Jaguars. Tony Khan, he's like the, I forget his exact title. He's an executive with the Jaguars, but he's the president of All Elite Wrestling. He was there. They're doing a bunch of interviews with mainstream outlets, but they had a big rally with pyros everywhere and had a bunch of announcements. And the main announcement that they made, well, I guess I guess, I guess is a main announcement. They made some other announcements as well that are still pretty big. But I think the biggest announcement for the promotion as a whole was that they announced their, its first show, and that will be Saturday, May 25th, at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's a major venue in the sport of, in combat sports. Uh, you know, they have the T-Mobile Arena out there now in Las Vegas, but MGM Grand, when you hear MGM Grand, that's synonymous with big fights. That's synonymous with big boxing matches, uh, typically big MMA uh, fights. Uh, I know they... they they run T-Mobile Arena now. I think UFC typically does, but I know the boxing, whenever there's like a big Floyd fight or something like that, they're probably still running MGM Grand as well. Maybe T-Mobile Arena. I don't know. But MGM Grand is still a known venue that is known for combat sports. That's a, that's major. That's that's a bigger venue than and Ring of Honor. They typically run Vegas like almost annually for their anniversary show. They ain't running MGM Grand, <laughs> all right? Uh, Impact ain't running MGM. You can the list goes on and on of the promotions that aren't running MGM Grand, yet All Elite Wrestling has got a date booked May twenty fifth, double or nothing, MGM Grand. And it's a great name. It's MGM Grand, like sticks in your crawl, not like T Mobile Arena. It's like eh, T Mobile Arena is like come on, but MGM well, Grand, you're like damn man, that's like that's like I, I the guess. big time, the big time, 17, 17, over seventeen thousand seats. 
So, I mean, is it? It's not out of the realm of possibility they sell this out. I think they have a better chance of selling this out than they did their first event. Well, the possibility was there. We talked about it yesterday a little bit before the show got cut off, but uh, <laughs> it's that is their first show, at least their first announced show. I mean, they now they've announced a second show to where. I think they said a good portion of the proceeds will go to victims of gun violence in Jacksonville. Before this first okay. show, uh, it's the, like the sequel to All In, and people are going to want to see. I just out of sheer curiosity, at least, and also because they want to help these guys succeed, they're going to go to this show. This show, if, you know, if you didn't believe, if you had any doubts, All In should have erased those doubts that they can sell tickets. So I have, I have. You know, full confidence that they'll sell a bunch of tickets to the show. Not to mention, it's in Las Vegas. That's a destination city, and some there's a lot of wrestling fans who probably haven't been to Las Vegas. They they haven't had a reason really to go to Las Vegas. I mean, sure, WWE has held events there, but not like big ones since like WrestleMania nine. Really, I mean, they've had a couple pay per views there, but not like a real tent pole marquee event. You know, I think Money in the Bank was there a couple years ago. They might have had another show here and there, but you don't really see like see like the marquee. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, something like right. that in Vegas. So and I'm not saying this is a WrestleMania or SummerSlam, but I'm saying is this is a show that is on a calendar that wrestling fans will travel long distances to get to, like they did with All In. They'll do the same with this. Especially if it becomes a, you know, like a pillar of, of their shows. Like maybe they have one, maybe two big, big shows for their promotion there every year. Uh, Vegas, you know, it's a destination city, man. Like, you know, why wouldn't you want to go there and check it out? I've never been there. So, man, for me personally, had I do if I have the time and, and the money to go out there to see wrestling, like it, it, it's my perfect world there, you know, like a big wrestling show there, even though it's not WWE. And then you have like the rest of Vegas to check out. So uh, it's, yeah. it's one of the, the better cities to do something like this in, especially yeah. for your first official show. Right, and, they, and you know they're going to blow it out. It's going to be big. They got a lot of money behind it, obviously, with the Khan family, uh, worth billions of dollars. So you know they're not playing, and they're coming right out the gate with a with a big show in Vegas, MGM Grand. Uh, another thing that they announced was a, the the first batch of talent that they have signed two deals. They've inked to deals. Now, obviously, they've inked for some people to deals. They've signed deals, but they've also publicly said that they're allowed. You know, some of that, a lot of that talent is allowed to work with other promotions if if if, they, if necessary, if they want to. So, uh, for example, the biggest name on that list, Chris Jericho, showed up. He's still going to do this rock and wrestling rager thing. And Joey Janela, another name that showed up with Penelope Ford, he can still do his spring break shows around WrestleMania weekend. But again, right off the top, Chris Jericho is signed with All Elite Wrestling, and. Despite what you, you know, you might love Cody Rhodes, you might love, love the Young Bucks, and they got a big following. Chris Jericho is a, is a legend, and that's a name that he's, yeah, he's been around the block for a long time, but people still recognize that name. I mean, people who haven't watched wrestling in years know who Chris Jericho is because he was, you know, one of the top stars at one of the peak periods of wrestling history. The attitude there. And rocking Stone Cold was number one and number two. As far as baby faces, Jericho was probably number three as far as baby faces. So that's a huge get for all of the wrestling, just for name value alone. Yeah, and I said last week that I think AEW's biggest uh, thing to at least throw their name into the hat of competition within North American wrestling would be to 
get a big name from WWE. This isn't necessarily from WWE because Jericho hasn't been with them in quite a while, but people still, you know, you hear Chris Jericho, you think WWE to, to a regular wrestling fan. Uh, for the people that have kept up with him, what's he, what's he's been doing in New Japan? Like that, it's great stuff. You know, like he, we've talked about it on this podcast before. He's continually reinvented himself to be like a top draw. Like he, he doesn't go through the motions. You know, he's not uh, just okay with being on TV and making money. Like he, he said so. Like he wants to change the way things are, and he has a vision that coincide with Cody and the Young Bucks. And uh, I think. Th- that was the guy that obviously would come over and give them instant, you know, credibility. Uh, Cody and the Young Bucks have the credibility, absolutely. But if we're talking on the mainstream level, Jericho is definitely that guy. So uh, I think that was a huge cue cue for them to uh, really uh, get him signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, like you said, like he'll be able to do his other stuff. So it's almost like. You know why? Why not? Yeah, in his in his view, like why not? And he, you know, this is a good way for him to stay on the cutting edge of stuff. Yeah. You know, this helps Jericho too. As much as you know, he's helping them and lending AEW credibility. This also helps him by still staying current, staying hip. You know, if he goes to WWE, and yeah, he'll be seen by more people, more than likely. But also, it's just kind of the same old thing. You, you got a whole cycle of WWE and the creative and stuff like that. Well, you could wrestle some new guys, but, but this is different. This is new. This is a hip thing, and this is what Jericho's all about. So I'm not really all that surprised that he signed on to do uh, all elite wrestling. This seems this fits, you know, what Jericho's done through, throughout his career. Uh, other notable names, or all the other names, I should say, because there's only like eight of them uh, so far. But Hangman Page, of course, is you know signed up. Uh, that's no surprise. Pac showed up at the rally, so the, the artist formerly known as Neville, now ag- again known as Pac, he's with All Elite Wrestling. I mentioned George Nella earlier. You got SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Good to have some veterans, not just Chris Jericho, but also Kazarian and Daniels, Scorpio Sky is a good talent. Uh, but the opposite end of the spectrum with as far as veterans, you got guys who are like in the still like relatively in the infancy stages of their careers. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, better known as, or, you know, also known as MJF, he's like 22, 23 years old, something like that, and is already a pretty darn good heel on the independents. Well, he signed up too. That's a, I think if, of all the signings, this is a guy that they could potentially, he may not be the biggest name at the start, but eventually he could be a guy that they could build around because he's so young and he's still, he's also very, very good already. So, I think that's a big get. And it's a good job for him. Good for him getting on, on board with this as well. Uh, and last but not least, we have the dentist. Not Dr. Isaac Yankum, but Britt Baker, who's an actual <laughs> dentist. She's going to dentist school. Um, but, uh, yeah, she signed on. She's the first, I guess, purely just female wrestler. Because, of course, you got Brandy Rhodes. She's an executive. She's probably going to wrestle at some point. Because uh, you know the Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are. But Britt Baker, Britt Baker is the, uh, you know, the first purely female talent, in-ring talent, I should say, uh, for AEW's women's roster, which allows me to transition to this next kind of thing that came out of this rally was that uh, Brandy Rhodes came out and said that the women would pay, would pay equally to the men. Now, 
a lot of people were wondering, what does that actually mean? Will they get paid the same exact amount, dollar for dollar? What I interpreted it as is that depending on where your position on the card is, it's where you're going to get paid, obviously. Like, you know, like, I guess the slotting scale, whatever that may be. I don't know what the exact logistics would be. But if you're in like a main event position, you're going to get paid main event position money. And that won't vary between men and women. I guess the men, women will be on an equal playing field as the men, depending on where they are in the card, I guess. That's how I took it. Um, so well, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, that it's still kind of, I think it's still something that people want more information about, but Brandy Rose came out there and put it out there, like put a, put a name on it and was proud of it. And rightfully so. But what, what do you think about the, her coming out and saying that women will be paid equally, you know, at the same level as the men? Yeah, I definitely think it's something that maybe the women wrestlers around the world kind of, you know, raise their <laughs> eyebrows a little bit like, hey, like, if I'm in like a co-main event, you know, we're going to be making the same amount of money as the men's main event. Um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal today because I'm not entirely sure. I don't know WWE's pay structure. I don't know if uh, someone like Ronda Rousey or Charlotte Flair make the same amount as, uh, you know, Roman Reigns did or obviously John Cena. I, I highly doubt that, but um, I don't pretend to know. But uh, I guess from on the outside looking in, uh, you know, that's something that isn't, done today even in wwe you know they've done the women's revolution and they've done a great job with uh making it important doing all these milestones you know like you you had to figure it was going to happen eventually but you know they had the women main event uh hell out of cell and event tlc you had the uh women's pay-per-view evolution uh so stuff like that but is it i think it, it matters the most when those women in those spots, those main events are making the same amount as the men. So if AEW is the precursor to WWE starting to do that, I think it's great. Um, but AEW, like, like you said, Brandy was like really proud of that. And that could op- absolutely make some of the women that are in WWE right now, let their contract expire, jump ship because, you know, they're going, AEW is not going to be scrounging for money. You know, they have the backings of, of the, of the billionaires. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say, I'll throw out a name like Natalia, obviously a veteran. I doubt she'll ever leave WWE, but man, what if, what if, you know, she, she can jump and be the most credible female wrestler in AEW, making the same amount as like a Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho. Like well, that, I, that's I a would, big deal. I would doubt she's making the same money as Cody Rhodes because he's an executive with the company. But like, well, I, you, I, I meant like performance wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I think that that's a, I think that is a big deal for if you're a, a, a woman, a woman's wrestler, a woman in wrestling, I should say, uh, and that because WWE right now looks pretty good as far as a place for the women to shine. There's a lot of opportunity for them, but you know, throughout not just the main roster, but NXT and mm-hmm. even NXT UK, they got the women's tournament, the Mae Young Classic every year. So, and, and honestly, you know, the, a woman right now is the most over person in the company, and the women's matches are some of the best stuff going in WWE right now. At this, at this point, WWE seems pretty enticing, but we know that, and I mean, again, we're not privy, 100% privy to the pay structure, but we've heard things in the past about the women and men not being equally paid. And that if you go in just in life in general, that's, there's a pay gap between among men and women. And then it's, you know, in teaching and in, in medical field and in, in Hollywood and sports, that exists and it's not good. 
So we can assume that it's the same way in WWE because it's the same way in almost every other walk in society that a man at an entry level or at mid level gets a, gets more money than the woman at the same level simply because he's a man and she's a woman. Uh, but so, like I said, back to my original point, WWE is a, it seems like a really cool place to be right now for women. But if you want to get paid equally, AEW is your place to go where you can potentially earn as much as the men. As at least that's what they're saying right now. That's what they said yesterday, right. at least. We'll see what happens moving forward. This also brought me to a, another thing that I took away from this, at least at least like reports coming out after this, because they didn't say, I don't think they said this at all during the rally, but we talked about pay scale, how much people are getting paid, but there's apparently bidding wars for talent, and there's going to be potentially for potential for more bidding wars moving forward, because AEW, because hey, it's, this ain't like some far-fetched thing that AEW with this billion-dollar family firmly backing it are able to offer guys competitive or more money than WWE. And I don't know, of course, we're not in the negotiations, involved in negotiations with this, but what do you think about that? The potential for bidding wars for talent. And if AAW should even get into bidding wars for talent, do you think that's a thing? Do you, you know, do you think that's a reality? Do you think they should? What do you think about all that? I think they will eventually land a big name that, that maybe became big in WWE. I had mentioned, uh, I think last week, uh, a guy like Kevin Owens. If he was, if he was a guy that would jump from WWE to AEW, that would totally change the landscape. Where, yeah, AEW is here to stay. Like that, they will, uh, quote unquote, poach talent from WWE. But that that's what breeded the competition back in the '90s when WCW did it, when WWF did it from the territories in the '80s. Um, if that were to happen, and I do think there's a possibility of that to happen just because of the money the Khan family brings to the table, you know, like money talks, we talked about it, uh, ad nauseum about how dollar amounts matter. So if Kevin Owens, obviously hypothetical, he could have re-signed and maybe he has like a 10 year deal, who knows, but lets his contract run out. AEW offers him more than WWE would, that seemingly a, a lesser schedule because you know if they do TV like will it be live every week? Probably not, but you know that's still to be determined. You know we don't really know much about a, a current TV deal for AEW, but man, like why wouldn't you take that deal? You know what I mean? Like so if town if, if they AEW's got to be smart about it, but at the same time, like they can't just throw money to to get names. You know they have to. If they really want to change the world, they have to have like a plan for certain guys, uh, for certain women. You know, like you don't just throw money at them, have them come in. It seems like WWE did that with AJ Styles for a while, with Nakamura for a while, Gallows and Anderson. Those were like two or three years ago. Those were the big names that jumped from New Japan to WWE, and I, like I was ecstatic. I was like, "Oh, here we go!" And nothing really happened uh, for a while, at least with with. Those talents, nothing big happened, I should say. So, I have a feeling maybe if they post some talent from WWE, right away they make an impact in AEW, and you know they go from there. So, I do think there's a possibility for a bidding war that will matter in the long run for the competition between the two companies. Uh, you know, they have the money. Well, why wouldn't there be? Uh, eventually a competition like a, a legit competition for talent and i see some stories out there that 
at least I saw one story that uh, AEW is like using the media to kind of manipulate them and to try to like put out that they're in bidding wars when they're really not and stuff like that, which is like. I know some people might look at that like, oh, look at this. But, like, really think about it. That happens in sports a lot. Like, especially it happens with athletes. But athletes typically have their own social media. So they can usually speak for themselves. They probably won't when it comes to negotiations and stuff like that. But it happens way more with coaches and, like, executives. Like, a coach, if they want to, like, drum up some interest in their, in their, like, their job prospects or get a new contract extension yeah. – you, you don't think an agent, and this happens with, like, again, what happens with athletes too. Agents will talk to a reporter and say, hey, so and so is getting looked at by the so and so's. Like, <laughs> they <laughs> offered them this much. And the reporter goes, oh, really? And that's the source for the, for the reporter. That's so and so's agent. So they're going to report this. And it gets out there. And now somebody else who's competing, let's say they're also bidding for this particular player or this particular coach, they're like, oh, man, they offered them $10 million? And they may not have even really offered him that. They might have just had some conversations, and the agents just manipulate. That's, you know what just really happens a lot? It's NFL draft time. Yeah. Because everybody's got the smoke. They all got the rumors. Word on the street is this. Word on the street is that. It's really a lot of these agents are talking to reporters and putting out things. Oh, this team is interested in this guy at number one, or they might, they're looking at him at number two just to, like, and his teams do it too. They try to, you know, manipulate and stuff like that and get people thinking, oh, well, they're going to take him here. We can't get this happens all the time. So if that is the, indeed the case with all elite wrestling, so be it. Because it happens in other right. stuff, sports and other realms of negotiating and stuff like that all the time. But uh, bidding wars, if you're a wrestler, uh, you have to consider it. If they're comparable money, you got to consider it. For me, if, if if I was in their position, the only thing I would consider is just the long-term health of the promotion. You know, you might get more money than WWE now, but is this promotion going to be around in, let's say, five years? Who knows? Well, you know WWE ain't going nowhere. Like, that's yeah. that's a given. They're going to be here, you know, when Armageddon hits, they're still going to be here. <laughs> like, they're going to be promoting co- wrestling matches with cockroaches. <laughs> Right, somehow, somewhere, right? They're like when they finally bring back the pay per view name Armageddon, right? It's, it's gonna be real. So you you know, like WWE isn't going nowhere. So that's like like another piece of leverage for them. That yeah, we might not offer you quite as much as they do, but we ain't going nowhere. So yeah, those are things that a wrestler would have to weigh. Uh, if I'm all elite, I mean, I guess you have to get into some bidding wars to get some talent at least, but. It, it that there's a fine line, I think, too, because you still want to make money on the back end. I think they right. will make some money. Yeah. You don't want to overspend. The cost benefit analysis, they got to do something with, where they're like, what talent brings us the most benefit versus the cost? You know, like, right. I, I, I still come to this, and I don't know why, but Kevin Owens, you know, like, is he that talent? Will, will right. they throw more money in him to get him to jump than they would at somebody else uh, in a similar spot on the WWE card to jump? Right, yeah. you don't want it to turn into WCW where they're just throwing money at people just to right. get them away from WWE. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think they would have definitely have studied what happened back then and and learned, hey, this is not right. this is not what we're going to do. Right. And they're going to take their own approach. I would think. I don't think they're going to try to directly compete right away and you know stuff like that. But they're going to try to do something. They're going to try to put a, create at least a a, a a second, a viable second to WWE in the short term. And in the long term, of course, you can try to compete toe-to-toe. Uh, another thing that 
I speaking of WCW, I guess we can talk about it. Well, let me go to another point first, and that's medical. And that's another thing they talked about was that oh, guys who get hurt, you know, all all elite wrestling, all elite wrestling will cover it. That's not seen. That's not something like revolutionary. I'm pretty sure WWE covers most guys' medical expenses if they get hurt in the ring. You know, I, I don't. I'm pretty sure there are exceptions to that, but for the most part, if a guy gets you know tears ACL in the WWE right. ring, WWE's going to pay for everything and, and make sure he gets paid as well right. during his time off. Uh, but another thing that we talked about, or that was talked about, not really during the rally of sorts, but Chris Jericho talked about it uh, during an interview he had with the Busted Open guys on Sirius XM, and that the television deal that they're trying to work out, it's going to be pretty, like, a a, a, a notable one. It's not going to be like some fly-by-night Pursuit Channel, Destination America type thing, and the Impact got. According to Jericho, the reason why he signed on is because he knew and he was privy to the negotiations they were having with some notable networks. And he didn't, of course, he didn't name names because why would you do that? Nothing has been signed yet. But it sounds like they got something good up their sleeve, which I alluded to last week or a couple weeks ago that that was, to me, a big first step. You can get the talent. You have the money. But if nobody can see your product, what's the point? <laughs> and if they get a notable network, along with the internet buzz they already have, you you already ahead of the game here. Yeah, and if it's on a network, like I have Xfinity, you know, in the Philly market, all you got to do is get in that that tier where you have like those sports channels and, uh, you know, like a TNT, TBS, like in between there where you – you have like WGN America's there. That's another rumored uh, station that Sean Ross Sapp had mentioned a couple weeks ago in his podcast on Fightful.com. Yeah, so, we talked about it too. WGN, you know, you know like yeah. they had the whole the pre-show to All In. Right, exactly. So, hey, that's a big get too if they, if they go with that station. Yeah. So, you know, that's already better than a Destination America or a Pursuit Channel. You know, that's that Spot might TV. even be better than Spike TV. Who You know, you, you don't know. Like maybe... It, I mean that's you know way in the past now, but still well, you know it's paramount like that, now. It's paramount now, but yeah. So uh, if if Jericho said that, because I didn't listen to the uh, I didn't read anything or listen to the interview, but if he truly believes that, like I don't think he's bluffing. You know, like I, I think he's like honest and truthful about you know why would he come say that if there really wasn't something at least in the works or you know being discussed. That they need that instant. I don't want to say notoriety because they kind of already have it with Jericho, but that instant like place where you can go to watch it. Like you don't have to go on the internet. You don't need. You, sometimes I'm just lazy. I want to sit back, <laughs> watch watch TV, not look at my phone, not look at my iPad, not not look at my computer. And so if it's on TV for those people, because there's still those people out there that don't really. They just need a break from electronics. So maybe one night they just sit down for three or four hours and not not look at anything uh, on the internet. They look at TV. It's got to be on TV. And if they if they get that station where it's in like that subsection of sports, uh, dude, that's a that's another coup for them. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like you said, even just you see it now with the mainstream coverage they're getting. They got. They got some people who know what they're doing, working with all the wrestling. With as far as getting the word out, because you look at the timeline, they got a bunch of mainstream stories. You know, there's a bunch of stories up on their site from 
on their Twitter, I should say, from mainstream outlets, CBS, ESPN, New York Post. Uh, they've been doing all kinds of interviews, other places, podcasts and whatnot. So they obviously got somebody, you know, people behind the scenes who know what they're doing. And that extends to the negotiation table when they're talking to the TV networks. They got connections. They got they can get it. You know, this is a professional football team that these that the Khan family runs. They run two professional sports teams. If there's anyone who has any knowledge of mainstream media and how to have have a, a number on speed dial they can easily dial to get in touch with somebody in the media, it's them. Yeah, it's not like this is an independent promotion that they're like right. uh, hoping and, and praying for one story. No, these are people who are used to being covered by the media every single day. So like, oh yeah, you know, get so and so on the horn, get you know somebody else on the horn. Like, that's nothing. The mainstream coverage is going to be there. You know, it's almost you can almost argue that it's just as easily for them as it is for like for WWE as it is for all elite wrestling. WWE obviously is the biggest promotion in the world, so they got plenty of connections mainstream. But that mainstream coverage for WWE really didn't start flooding like our timelines and, and, and the internet until like what, 2014, 2015 before yeah. that was ESPN and Fox sports and CBS with all of them covering WWE, not, not on a regular basis, maybe nope. every now and then just when a celebrity was involved really. Yeah. Well, like when that big show was happening in someone's t- like in your town. So the local paper would cover it for that particular day or whatever, but like they weren't covered on a consistent basis, but all elite is coming out the gate with, and obviously it helps that these outlets have already been covering WWE for a couple of years, but, like I said, all these outlets that are mainstream. So that extent, I think that ex- also extends to the TV negotiations as well. Uh, speaking of the Khan family, uh, he was on a, uh, he had an interview with X-Pac on his podcast and I sh- saw a little blurb from it. And he talked about how once he wanted to make wins and losses matter and how they're going to like wins and losses. Cause he, you know, we, as we mentioned multiple times, Involved with the Jaguars, involved with Fulham. Those are real sports, and they, wins and losses do matter. So, yeah. coming from that background, you want to kind of incorporate that into professional wrestling, where, let's face it, especially in WWE, wins and losses can mean Jack, you know what, <laughs> a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can mean nothing <laughs> a lot of times. I mean, guys have walking around with probably 500 records in WWE. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody's 8 and 8, except for a very few yeah. people. Point is, is that he talked about wanting to make that man being like, like that's a sticking point for him and the rest of the promotion that they want to make sure that wins and losses have weight and that they're going to try to make that mean something even like in the, in the, almost in the same vein as like UFC. Now he didn't say exactly how, but my assumption is that it will mean like maybe some type of form of rankings or something like that, which I've always been a proponent for because yeah, of course you can kayfabe the rankings and you kayfabe the outcomes. But when you have rankings, you can have the number eight contender versus the number six contender, and instantly that match means something because you have contender spots on the line. You know, saying in, right, in that yeah. particular ranking, and so just by putting a number next to these guys' names, like it's top twenty-five in college football, <laughs> like right, yeah. You know, you, you're they're, they're playing a the game for AP voters spots, you know, AP poll spots. These guys are, are playing a game for you know th- that contender ranking list and that's no spots. That those matches suddenly matter, whereas like in other promotions, almost every other promotion in the world, they don't have it. And specifically WWE, they just have random matches that a guy could lose one week, and next week he wins one match, and all of a sudden he's getting a title shot. Case in point, Jinder Mahal. 
he yeah. lost for years and then won one match in, in the WWE Championship match. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, what were your thoughts about that? Or I don't know if you heard no, it now. What were your I, thoughts I, about that as I say this to you now? <laughs> no, like, like you, I'm a proponent of the ranking system, if only not. Pro wrestling is about emotional uh, investment, you know, to the viewer. You know, if you have a favorite wrestler and they lose, like you, you kind of feel that. If you know they're going to move down a ranking or two, and like you feel that, and yeah, you understand that it's predetermined, but at the same time, there's still that emotional investment. So with WWE, like watching WWE, there's almost no emotional investment anymore because you know if somebody loses on a pay-per-view, the next night they're going to win in, against the same person. You know, that's they, they get an automatic like, rematch. You know, right? And since you know the new new era, you know, there's no automatic rematches. But for the longest time, that's what it was, and that's what the whole issue. Like we've we've talked about it you know, on here before. Uh, it's just like nothing seemed to matter. You know, wins never mattered. Losses don't matter. The titles are props. You know, and it, yeah, it's entertainment. Okay, it's WWE. Like we, we accept it, but we don't have to like it. Uh, if AW has like a ranking system. You know, like make it like a sport. You know, the way honestly, like WCW was was like a sport. You know, before it got all like discombobulated in like '98, but it really felt like a sport. Uh, you had the cruiserweight matches that um, really felt like it was they mattered in the vein that if somebody gets a win, it, it does give them an opportunity the next week to maybe vie for the title to at least move up to get a chance for it the week after or something like that. So we don't really have that in WWE. Like they can put the name, uh, this is the number one contenders match, uh, and have somebody win it. Uh, <laughs> it's but there's like, no rhyme or reason how do these guys even right. you know, gals even get into this position like right like qualify just, for it you know like, right they just win one match or they don't win any they just get slotted in right you know it's, it's a it's a eight it's a it's a battle royal it's like it's mm-hmm. random and I guess as you can say the same thing about the Royal Rumble but that's a staple that's the exception I guess to the rule right where you know it's weird how you win a battle royal and all of a sudden you're in the main event of WrestleMania you probably should work a little harder. And- and you could just announce that you're in it, like whenever you want. But. Like yeah, like John Cena, I'm in it. I was like, you don't gonna fill out right. the paperwork? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You gotta sign no documents. But the point is that it probably should be harder to get into the main event of WrestleMania. But it is what it is. That's that's the exception. We all accept that. But like generally speaking, yeah, like have and you could tell a story with that. A guy who's absolutely number ten, bottom of the rankings. And he slowly but surely works his way up, and he works his way up. And you can tell a story with that. All the guys he beats, and he can work his way to the top. Maybe he falters in the end. Maybe he comes through. doesn't matter. But you can tell a really emotional story with, which, like I said, this is my theory on what he was saying, Tony Khan. He didn't actually say that this is going to happen, but this is my theory. This is what I would do uh, if you really want to make wins and losses matter uh, in AEW. And lastly, my last point, I guess, about all of this, because we're going beyond the rally at this point, uh, which uh, a lot of people watch, by the way, like 200,000 people watched across all the platforms AEW has, YouTube, Twitter, I think I would assume Facebook or whatever. Mm. But um, they have, a, Cody Rose brought a tweet saying like their headquarters, they don't have an office space, like they're looking for office space, but for right now, he's like at the Jaguars facility, talking about how their office space is going to be there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, like this, this is kind of like 
I'm sorry for the mic there, but it, 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 when you think about all this, when you st- take a step back, it's kind of surreal to see all this happening. <laughs> like, not just the fact that there's another promotion being started, but the the investor is the Khan family who owns the Jaguars, and the, and they have the Jaguars mascot there. They're taking pictures <laughs> in the facility. You know, Brandy Rose has a picture on her timeline with her and the Jaguars mascot. The mascot was there. He was involved in the angle with MJF. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what? And the wrestling fans are suddenly big Jaguars fans now, mm-hmm. which, you know, of course. But you got they're, they're at the facility. They're taking pictures on the logo they're, they're in the stadium. And they might apparently have, like, some type of space <laughs> carved out for them. It's almost like a NBC Philly uh, and the Wells Fargo Center. They have like a space for their offices. <laughs> yeah, but he, his tweet, uh, he said, um, knowing what a large commitment this would be, I ha- I requested an, uh, an office for us, dot, 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 ellipsis. Don't have it, don't have HQ yet, but for now, this will do indeed. So that's Jacksonville that he's at. So I guess he could be there. I don't know if the Young Bucks are going to move to Jacksonville to be there every day, but regardless, uh, yeah, that's a lot, man. That's just it's just kind of surreal at the end of the day. So, in closing, I guess let's take a step back and just like I said, kind of look at it from a from a broad view. What are your thoughts overall in the last couple of days of news and the rally from all uh, of the wrestling? My le- my last point uh, before we go there. Okay, let's talk about Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. And oh yeah, that's how, true. How, how how that might uh, how might how that might not. I don't want to say change the world, but man, like no one, I didn't even know about it until they announced mm-hmm. it. And then I did some research. And I'm like, Oh man, like this, like what have I been missing? You know, like these are, they put their uh, videos on YouTube for, of their wrestling shows and they're getting like million, like hundreds of millions of views, like way more than WWE. So really? yeah, like I think one video is like 400 million, 400 million hits. Uh, that's a lot. I, it is. So I got to do my homework. I got to go and, and watch these things, get acclimated with these guys. Uh, Shima is... Uh, They've only got 667 subscribers on YouTube. Maybe a couple hundred thousand views. Uh, or maybe four million. million. I don't know. Yeah, 400 million. Wait a second here. Right, like one of so the top YouTube videos of all time. <laughs> There's well, been videos that have gotten billions of views, actually, but China's yeah, a big country, on. man. Like, man, yeah. the, the, and your, that is true. This, this, this is true. There are a lot of people in Asia in general, right? Jeez, well, like four hundred uh, million. I'm like, wait a second. So if they, if they bring in, Unless I got the wrong account here. But there's only one Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, I would assume. Right. I don't see anybody making a fake account of that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what she was looking at. Well, I oh. I, I was reading an article, so it might have been. Uh, uh, a typo or something, but I, I yeah, didn't probably I, was. Uh, so you know, Shima is in there. He he's a big name over there. He actually had a cup of coffee in WWE. He wrestled Jamie Noble in like a a dark match at SmackDown ten years ago. Uh, but he uh, Shima was trained by the Ultimo Dragon and debuted in '97. So, and he's he's had a hand in uh you know talent like the Young Bucks, Ricochet. Johnny Gargano, Pac, Matt Seidel, uh, Jack Evans, you know, like these guys. And he's with a group uh, called the Strong Hearts. Uh, I think uh, Jackson said during the rally, the Good Hearts. But, you know, everything I've seen, is that they call themselves Strong Hearts. Uh, and you have the guy, 
people with impact wrestling ties, you know, Desmond Xavier. I remember watching him on impact, you know, like he's part of that group, Zachary Wentz, Trey Miguel. So, you know, these guys are coming in looking to uh, get the spotlight shine on them. I feel like it's similar to the cruiserweight division that Eric Bischoff had in 97, 96, 97 with WCW. Uh, He didn't really do much with them. Like he just gave them time to go out and do, you know, their matches, but they, it was never like in a main event slot or, you know what I mean? So I wonder if maybe the way they book some of their shows, maybe the main events in the middle of the show. And then they have, you know, these, these matches, these great matches at the end, you know, kind of like how WWF used to book their shows. I'm not, I'm not like against the world title match being like in the middle of the show. Like, I don't know. I I like that. You know, I grew up with it. It didn't matter to me. So, uh, well, these guys headline some shows, you know, like that's something interesting. Uh, I don't have the URL, but uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com has a great rundown of uh, the OWE and you know the guys that are coming in. So uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com, that's where I uh, saw a lot of this. So uh, they had a good write-up, and uh, that's something that I'm going to be maybe paying more attention to than the actual main event picture in the beginning. Well, I would say that... Uh... Shout out to the guys from Voices of Wrestling, by the way. Number one. Number two, at the very least, it will provide AEW with talent that we've the majority of people have never seen before. Because mm-hmm. they don't have a ton of wrestling in China. And I, they don't have a ton of wrestling in China that's coming out and being exported to the rest of the world. Yeah, OEW, they do have a YouTube channel. But it's not like... You hear, you know, through the grapevine, because word of mouth is a big thing, especially, you know, and of course, social media is like the new word of mouth, but you don't hear like, oh, man, you hear what's going on in the OWE? Well, it's not a bad thing. I mean, now it's good because now people can go and discover that stuff. And like I said, all the wrestling will have guys that, that, that most people have never seen, have never heard of before. I think that's good because now on top of, like you said, the cruiserweights would kind of serve the same purpose in WCW. They had the big names like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Lex Luger. But then they had guys who Americans hadn't really seen before. Ray Mysterio, Psychosis, uh, Juventud Guerrero, Ultimate Dragon, Ultimate Dragon hell, even Malenko and Chris Jericho and, uh, and stuff like Eddie Guerrero, who, you know, so they had guys that people hadn't really seen before. You, 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 ha- you can only see these guys, there's these fresh new faces on WCW. If they can get some good talents out of OEW, OWE, I should say, then you can only see these guys in all elite wrestling. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, and it's a big thing for rest chi- wrestling in China, too, which, I mean, I don't know what the scene is like over there. But, again, we don't hear that much out of China. But this could open the door for people going, you know what? Let's check out what they got going on in China. Obviously, there's wrestling all over the world. But, we, again, we don't hear, we hear stuff coming out of China as far as wrestling. So let's see what they got over there and see what the talent like over there and, you know, and check it out. You know, and it's to open up doors and not just OWE, but maybe there's another promotion or two over there that I don't that we don't know of. We could discover mm-hmm. it. So I think it's beneficial from both sides. I know some people are like, what? Like, why would they partner with them? Hey, it gives them wrestlers that people haven't seen at the very least. Yeah, and it kind of fills that's, those that's a cool thing, I think. You know, the the roster's not it's still in its infancy stages. So you yeah, you they need su- talent. Su- supplement those names that we know here with names that we might fall in love with. Yeah, they need talent. They need bodies. You know, yeah. like you said, we got they got like eight people on the roster right now, and I'm sure that number is going to grow in time. But for right now, 
it ain't there yet. So yeah, partner up with a promotion, which I'm not surprised they did. I think the surprise is who they partnered up with and where, because again, mm. wrestling. I'm not saying it's not big there, but we don't see a lot of wrestling come out of China. And you know, WWE has tried to get a foothold there. They've got some talents, taking some some talent from China to the performance center, but we haven't really seen them put on a major level yet. Right, right. Uh, I think some of them peered up, like maybe in the Mayan Classic, you know, or two or a competitor or two popped up there. And I know one popped up, and there was a whole loon who popped up in the um, Cruiserweight Classic a couple years ago. It was a ho ho loon, right? Remember him? And uh, so, yeah, that's one guy. <laughs> but yeah, we don't really see it. So I think that's from that standpoint alone, it's kind of cool that they partnered up with that promotion. And again, I've never heard of it. So I'm automatically curious to see what the wrestling is like. Yeah, and it's going to be tough to differentiate, you know, OWE versus AEW, you know, it's kind of like, oh, man. A lot of tiny letters. Yeah, man. But uh, it's definitely something that, you know, they were really excited about that announcement. And, you know, like, I trust them, you know, like, it's, they believe in themselves. I love having something that's, you know, I'm going to be able to watch uh, with, you know, fairly no uh uh obstacles you know like it'll be easily easily accessible people i know chris jericho like yeah he's not the greatest wrestler in the world but man like he's still entertaining as hell uh joey janela maxwell jacob friedman like i'm so amped to see like what they do with these guys uh and how they how they make them important in mainstream wrestling yeah. So again, as I alluded to earlier, we're gonna take a step back, do a broad view of the last couple of days before we wrap up here. Just one of your kind of your overarching views of all elite wrestling and where do you see them what's the next big thing for them moving forward? Uh next big thing is to make sure their T V programs mean something. Man, I, I just I, I talked about it, Ring of Honor, nothing happened on their T V shows. Uh love the talent there, but uh, I felt like it was a chore to kind of sit through an hour uh, each week watching that. Uh, that the big events mean something too. It, it's going to be really hard to have every show mean something when you're just starting out. Uh, so they uh, they got to get creative. They really have to make sure that if their TV is great, like what's going to make uh, you know double or nothing greater? What's going to make their second event that's uh, Apparently, it's going to be in Jacksonville. Uh, no date or time has been announced for that yet, but uh, it's going to be this year. So by the end of 2019, I absolutely can see them uh, competing for the second spot in uh, North American wrestling because, you know, there's really nothing competing with WWE right now. But if you have that money, man, by the end of the year, I- I'm gonna, I'm really looking forward to seeing what their roster looks like. Uh, my big takeaway is that they know what they're doing from a promotional standpoint. They got the promotional thing down. Like I said, they got the, the out media outlets on board, the stream, even though the quality kind of dipped, it's kind of had some peaks and valleys, but you know, a lot of people were into it, a lot of people watched, and it was a talk of wrestling for at least a day or two. Uh, they got a lot of interviews out there, like I said, not just you know print media, but you know podcasts and whatnot, so... They got that going for them. The next big thing is obviously, I think, is TV, uh, how that materializes. But also, what are they doing besides these two shows that they've announced? What kind of touring schedule they're going to have? If they have a touring schedule, you know, or you know, 
I'm interested to see how they just operate from a logistical standpoint from a day to day or week to week, you know, just that thing. So, because I think that will matter in the how the you know whether the talent will want to go there or not. I'm sure the talent they're talking to talent that maybe that's one of their pitches. They know how they're going to operate already from a scheduling standpoint, a touring standpoint. But you know, we as a as the public, we don't know that yet. So I'm interested to see how that materializes, where that goes. Are they going to be try to be a full-time three or four-day-a-week promotion like WWE is? Are they going to have a lighter schedule? You know, Are they going to tape three or four shows a, a night for TV? Are they going to do it live every week? Like Just that little logistics, a schedule, I should say. I'm curious to see how that goes. And uh, yeah, but it's definitely something that a lot of wrestling fans are going to pay attention to. I think if you're not paying attention to it, you should because this could have some big bearing on the talent and where they are. If you just watch nothing but WWE, you might not see a couple guys there anymore. They might go to All Elite. Mm. You never know because apparently they. I mean, we know the Kong family got money, but and and they're putting a lot of money behind this endeavor. So uh, time will tell. But of course, it's uh it's exciting right now as yeah, we'll we speak. Be- and we'll be talking about it. So, you know, yep. keep, stay tuned into this podcast. We'll be talking about all the moves they make. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they they do any uh, shows that compete with WWE's bigger shows. Like SummerSlam, will they be in the same area? Will they try to do some of that? I don't think mm-hmm. so. Maybe, maybe not this year, but it's possible they, they start going that way. Uh when they start picking up some momentum, you know, like it, the hardest thing to do is start from, you know, standing still. And that's kind of what they're doing. They're, they're picking up momentum. The rally was a good start. Uh, so let, let's go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see what they do next. All right. On that note, let's wrap up episode 179 with some plugs. Take us out with some plugs. You Nick. got it, man. You can follow me at Nick Bacone on Twitter. And you can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash straight shooters. Affiliateinfluencer.com. We got our Eagles Saints predictions coming up tomorrow. Big game Sunday. We've got the NFC Divisional Playoffs. So uh, the Philly Influencer staff's making their predictions. Uh, disclaimer right now, I, I'm going, I have a, I have a, theory that that i've been going that's been working with me since like november so i'm sticking with it uh so check it out philly influencer tomorrow our predictions there's a reason why my prediction is my prediction and uh check out phillyvoice.com i'll hopefully be getting some stuff up there before the royal rumble but uh keep your ears and eyes peeled out for that all right well i'm at vaughn m johnson on twitter you can check me out on social media but you can also check me out in these streets, because that's why I'm always in, is out here in these streets with the people, giving the people what they want. What that is, don't ask. Right? <laughs> Let's not get into too many details. All right. But in the meantime, that will wrap it up for episode 179 of the Straight oh, Shooters. Man. Thanks for watching and listening on all the platforms that I remind you of right now, because of course you can watch us live on on YouTube. But you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the mothership, WiFiRadio.com. So thanks for listening and watching episode 179, and we'll catch you all again next week.
please. You've been listening to the Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.